Episode 261, Capturing Fear. Hey y'all, welcome to the Empowering Educators Podcast. I am Gretchen, your host and expert lesson learner. I'm a national board certified elementary teacher turned teacher, trainer, and coach. All the lessons I've learned and am learning on my edgy journey, I share with you right here. From every silly mistake to the most glorious successes, you're going to hear stories and strategies that will inspire you to become your best. I have to warn you, as an educator, I can't help but hold you accountable for doing the work. So every episode, I leave you with practical, tangible next steps so you can implement your learning and maximize your impact. Whether you're teaching a lesson or learning one yourself, there's always a lesson if you're willing to pay close attention. Elite educators, that's the secret to staying empowered. Bring on today's lesson. Hey, Elite Educators, Gretchen here. I've always lesson. I am your host of the Empowering Educators podcast. And you've heard the spiel before. Why am I here? Why am I doing what I'm going to do with you today? It is to ensure you stay empowered. Plus, I want to help you grow and develop. Your your craft needs to continue to be refined. You can't just rely on the knowledge and skills you already have. We have to keep working and ensuring that they are ready to go at a moment's notice as everything around us changes as time goes on. And right now we are in the biggest staffing shortage and it's time that we all do something about it instead of just allowing it to happen, allowing everyone to get burnt out and to leave the profession is not going to be what's best for kids and not great for our country's future. And so I'm going to do my part and ensuring I'm supporting teachers and instructional coaches who all support kids so that these adults are able to get what they need to be their best for kids. In today's episode, we're going to talk about something that's pretty crippling to adults, obviously to kids too, but if we don't take care of it within ourselves, then we never allow ourselves to come to fruition with how we were meant to serve in our life. And that affects the kids the worst because they are now being led by someone who's not using the greatest arsenal that they have access to uh, because of something called fear. So without further ado, let's get into talking about how to flip the script. Instead of fear holding on to you, you holding on to it. You are going to be in the driver's seat. Fear will not drive your thoughts or your actions. I know this is kind of deep, but I think we need to talk about this now more than ever. And if you're a teacher in distress or transition, this especially speaks to you. But obviously, fear does not pick and choose. It follows each and every one of us. So let us pull back the curtain on what is driving our fear and then do the work to diminish its hold on us. First, I want to say hello, spring. It has hit 80 degrees here back in February. (laughs) So those of you with allergies, I know the springtime is not your favorite. To me, it's just the outdoors are coming alive and it's beautiful. But yes, everything's swirling in the air. Everyone's sneezing and with COVID fear, speaking of fear, uh, I know everyone's like, oh gosh, you know, get away, like stop coughing, like your eyes are watering, what's happening? But the time change is also coming. 
And one thing I want to make sure I mention, because I wouldn't be the leader I am today if I didn't nudge you a little bit, what are we doing to support kids and colleagues with the time change transition? For example, the coaches in my mastermind have decided that they are going to do some sort of coffee bar and a jeans pass for teachers so that they can wake up, (laughs) stay alert with the time change, but also be comfy and just embrace the hard change of the time. But for kids, we're talking about reworking the schedule for that day and just bumping back some of our bigger subjects like math and reading, just bumping in an hour and doing something a little lighter in the beginning of the day where their brains are starting to work and wake up. Maybe it's really hands-on, but the content isn't as complex. And so just pick something else in your schedule that you could move to the beginning and then jump right in when everyone's up, ready to go and hit some of that important content. And, And that's just a way to recognize what's happening is difficult and we are flexible enough to make the adjustment for today and love on you as you work through it. And it's so silly that one hour totally throws us all off, but it really does. And it takes actually a few days for us to get back to normal and recalibrate. So let me tell you the rationale for this episode. I feel just silly. I feel silly letting you know this, but I'm going to just come right at you with this confession. My mind is all day long, preoccupied by fear. Whether I consciously or unconsciously think these things, they're happening and they get out of control and it affects my state of being, my productivity, my uh, life satisfaction. And so I'm going to share a little bit about what's happening, why it happens and what I'm doing to work through it. And you might identify with a lot of this But I'll tell you, professionally, it it could really hold you back from being where you're supposed to be. And so sometimes when you feel very stressed and nothing is working and aligning, it might be because you are saying no to something you're supposed to say yes to. You might be teaching a grade level that you're not supposed to be teaching again because it was safe and it's fun and you know it like the back of your hand. Or maybe... You're supposed to step out into a different leadership role, but you're hanging in your current one because you know it, you love it, you love the families that you get to serve and your principal, but you're really being called to step out and do something else and you're kind of ignoring it. And fear is probably the reason you're saying no. And so let me tell tell you a little bit about this. We're going to go back in time a bit, but my fear, I don't know if it's always been as awful as it is, I know it definitely kicked into high gear when, as an adult, I started to hit big milestones. My fear actually comes from what if. (laughs) And maybe you're out there like, oh my gosh, totally me. But these what if scenarios range from ridiculous to very ridiculous. (laughs) And I think worst case scenario, and I start to spiral downward from there. I remember the very, the biggest one that I can remember was on my wedding day. I was about to walk down the aisle and for the first time I was all by myself because you all know the wedding day is just crazy. There's people everywhere. You don't even have a moment to think. And this moment, right before I walked down the aisle, I was alone. The wedding planner had stepped away to just wait for the signal from the preacher, like, okay, it's time to go. And I had decided I was going to meet my dad halfway. So I got a cool, like, first look with my dad, and then we joined, and then we walked down. And so I 
was waiting there. And the moment being monumental was not lost on me. And it started to become bigger than monumental, debilitating almost my knees like wanted to buckle. And I remember willing them to stay strong, to stop shaking, just fear of all the little things that were going to go wrong, tripping, food arriving late, flowers are going to wilt, the weather, which it was rainy, it was downpouring. And this is outdoor wedding. And the moment that I was walking out, the rain stopped, the clouds parted, and a rainbow came out. I'm not even joking. Is this a fairy tale? I mean, blessings from above for sure. But in that moment when I was thinking, like, should I be doing this? And like this, it's not, it wasn't even that I didn't think I wanted to get married, but it was just such a big moment. I mean, and in my mind it was like, this is what you've always dreamed of and you only do it once. And I just, it became bigger than it needed to become. And fear of the unknown or just, holy cow, this is the first time I'm ever doing this and everyone's going to be looking at me. And, you know, you just start going down the rabbit hole of dumb, silly thoughts. And I had to take control because it was my moment to shine and I wasn't going to screw it up. (laughs) I didn't want to remember being a mess. And so if I was going to be able to walk down the aisle, I had to grip fear by its throat and choke it out. I had to weaken its effect. And so I took a big breath. I started looking out into the distance instead of looking down. I was staring at my feet and that's where like I was just frozen and my thoughts. And so I, I said to myself, if I can look straight out and have perspective on what's happening, it might lessen this focus on me, me, me. Like, let's make it about all the people that are here. And it's still slowly started to weaken its effect. And I had really no choice but to be present in the moment and deal with whatever happened instead of creating and attracting potential obstacles. So I let the moment become so big in my mind, it froze my body and I just started self-talk. I said, this is no big deal. You've known him 10 plus years. Your family approves. They're ready to party. Your friends are excited to see you and hug your neck. And it's just a backyard party with your closest friends and family, like no big deal. And that self-talk took this moment that I created to be so monumentous and just made it ordinary. And so the stress and anxiety released and I was able to smile, like not the fake smile, like I'm freaking out inside, but just a calm smile and nothing went like wrong that day. And if it did, honestly, my wedding planner probably fixed it before I knew about it. But most importantly, I was so happy. I didn't even care if the day was perfect. I was just so happy it was happening. And so perspective And then acknowledgement of what was happening really helped me drive out fear. Instead of pretending it wasn't there, I just talked to it like, fear, stop doing what you're doing. You're screwing up my moment. Like, get out of my body, get out of my head. This is just a really cool time and I want you to enjoy it. And uh, you put a lot of thought into it that if something goes wrong, well, it's it just happened. You couldn't have done anything about it anyway. Like, just chill out. Those of you who are not type A are probably like, oh my God, this is so ridiculous. (laughs) But me, I'm like, everything has got to be perfect. And you start planning so far back that you really have too much time to think about stuff. And I will connect this to education, I promise. But that was just the first time that I felt crippled 
by fear. In the past, it had just been in my mind and I could ignore it or something would happen and it would take my mind off of it. But that was a moment where I couldn't, I couldn't shake it. Uh, And I do have to tell you though, fear has come for me in all the tiny moments before and after this. But the next huge wave came when I was going to have my first child. I had this real fear. I was going to die or my kid was going to die or all the things were going to go wrong. And the more that I listened to these thoughts, the more I attracted them. So I would run into people who had complications and I would hear their horror stories or I would be in my appointment and something was off. My levels of who knows what was off. And it's all because I'm so stressed out about what could happen and feeling out of control. And these were realistic in the fact that they could happen, but they were unrealistic in the fact that I had no signs to let lead me down that road. I was creating the opportunity for it to happen. It wasn't like there was anything in the pregnancy to even signal that something could happen. And so I had to have a come to Jesus meeting with myself and say, stop doing this. It's not healthy for you, not healthy for the baby. And you should be able to enjoy being pregnant instead of fearing every single thing that could go wrong. You rob yourself of so much joy. You don't get this moment back. You can't just always think worst case scenario. Uh, And that's just the irrational fear of just weirdest circumstances that may or could or would or should happen. Hey, y'all, popping in here real quick to remind you, if you are loving the podcast, hop on over to iTunes to leave a star rating and type in a few words for the review. This helps other educators find the show so they too can be empowered. Lots of love and thanks. Now back to the show. That's the fear that really gets me, the fear that I create by my thoughts of potential obstacles. Why do I do this? And yes, these moments like having kids and getting married, they are important and they are big, but I don't have to stress myself out to the point that I'm so anxious and I can't focus on what is happening around me. Professionally, like when I have a speaking engagement, the fear starts quick. Like someone could just ask me, are you willing to speak at this event? And it starts. It's not even official. And I'm already spiraling. It's what if I wake up late? What if I don't have enough gas, can't find a gas station? What if I can't get my materials organized in time? What if everyone hates it and boos me off stage? What if I tank so bad I never get asked back ever again by anyone? My fear makes these moments in time bigger than they ever needed to be. It affects my emotions, my thoughts, and my actions, and it's not healthy. It's not productive. It's truly limiting my growth, my potential, and my enjoyment. Do y'all suffer from fear like I do, or am I just crazy with it? Maybe your fear looks different. Maybe it's not as silly as mine, or maybe not even as crippling as mine. But like I said, fear robs us of so much joy and laughter and enjoyment of just being present. My husband actually sees this happening. I don't know if my body freezes or if I'm just in my head that he can tell I'm not really there. I'm thinking very deeply about something and he'll say, you're spiraling, you're spiraling, come back to me. 
Like, for example, another silly instance, <laughs> we are planning this big Disney trip, first time for the kids, which I have now made a big deal because I'm like, I want it to be so magical and so fun. They don't even know really what Disney World is all about. So if I happen to mistakenly do something or a ride breaks down or a character is not able to be met or whatever, they're not going to know. But I put all this pressure on myself to make this the most perfect best trip ever. And that's great because we're probably going to be able to have a lot of awesome things happen because I am being so thoughtful and intentional. But the downside of that is that I'm robbing myself of just going with it and just having fun and and letting them experience it instead of me trying to control everything. Uh, And just being in charge of everyone as an adult is really done a big number on me. Like when we do a beach trip, usually my husband's family's there. And so it's like, oh, if we run out of something, someone can go get it. But it's like when I'm in charge and it's only us and we only have each other and we've got three kids, we're outnumbered. Sometimes we've got the dog with us. I start to spiral that I won't be able to handle whatever comes our way. And it's just ridiculous. I don't know why I'm like this. I'm trying to get so much better and I'll, and I'll share how I do it. And I'll share with you what you can do too. But I make these moments become bigger than what they need to be. Uh, When I do that, I let fear nitpick the heck out of the circumstances. And fear finds all the nooks and crannies of impossibility and magnifies them until I just start to spiral. I worry. I get anxious. My mind goes a million miles per hour and every potential problem comes to the surface. I cry. My heart pounds. And for what? (laughs) For some made up BS. I made it up. (sighs) What makes me go crazy is actually a strength that's working against me. So like I said, I'm type A and that helps me become successful because I thoroughly plan. I think through what's happening. It really does serve me well when I'm managing a team of educators, when I'm helping my family plan, especially my three crazy kids schedules. However, if I let fear capture my strength, it uses my strength against me. It weaponizes my greatest asset. I should be in control of my greatest gift, not in fear of it. Do you have a strength that you're allowing to be used against you? You've got to take the control back. You've got to turn it in the other direction. Let it amplify you and not diminish you. I find myself spiraling really honestly out out of nowhere. I'll just be driving and out waiting at a stoplight and thoughts creep in. They enter my brain like, what if someone flies through this light hits the side of the car where my son is sitting? Or what if school contract ends and I can't continue to do the work that I love with those teachers? Who gave these dang thoughts permission to pull up a chair and stay a while? (laughs) Me. (laughs) It's a me problem. Nothing makes these things come. I just create them. Am I bored? Is life so good? I make up problems in my head. That one comes from my husband. (laughs) But the more I sit in this fear, the more often it comes. I'm like, gosh, dang it. You were just here. Why are you coming back again and coming with a vengeance? It comes with more gusto the more that you flame the fire. You know, fire needs oxygen to continue burning. And if we keep blowing on it, it's going to grow and grow until 
you just no longer can operate. And that's where I get sometimes where I'm so fearful of what if something goes wrong? What if I can't be in control? Instead of believing that I have navigated a million obstacles before, that I am actually more flexible in the moment than I give myself credit for, that I will find a way, that I can leverage people around me. Like, why can't I think those things? Why can I not have confidence that I've been in a situation similar before and I have the skill set, knowledge, brain power to work through it? Instead, I just make it up and let it drive my thoughts until they become so debilitating. I'm now frozen and sitting at the stoplight and people are honking like, lady, it's green. Are you going to go? And I'm busy worried about dying. You know, it's like so (sighs) a waste of time and a waste of energy and not serving me well. Like I mentioned before, my type A personality just seeks this control, makes me feel safe, makes me feel secure. You know, if I turn over every rock, I'll be prepared and ready And any last minute stress, I just don't do well. You know why? Because I avoid it. I seem calm, cool, and collected. I hear that a lot. But it's because I manage potential stress by avoiding it. I'd never leave anything to the last minute. That way, when stuff comes up last minute, I can deal with it because I've already dealt with what needed to get done, that I have this little buffer time to handle whatever happens to come at me. However, that doesn't work in my favor when anything is asked of me last minute and I don't have my ducks in a row. So I've never learned to operate in that moment and be flexible and rethink and reprioritize. Instead, I freak out because I'm so used to having my ducks in a row because I avoid that last minute stress. So I've never developed the skill set for working and operating in a moment of high stress, which then stresses me out of potential stress. (laughs) And That control is what I seek and I fear the lack of control. I feel fear that, you know, anything that might come that I can't control or things are just spiraling out of control. And the reality is I'm never going to be in control of everything. I need to stay in my own lane, control what I can control, learn to be flexible, like with weather or other people's decisions or other extraneous influences in the district. I've just done a major disservice by avoiding that uh, by eliminating it because I don't handle it well, it's really only made the problem worse. And now fear cripples me because I never learned to just be like, eh, it is what it is. I, I have to work on that. I really need to do the work. And so this is what I want you to hear today. Fear is something you can control. You can manage it by understanding it. So what does that look like? And think to yourself, how does fear come about for me? Why do I allow it to carry so much weight? Who can help me work through it? How often is it coming? And so when you do the work to undress fear, you begin the strategy of working through it. And so remember, when you were afraid of the dark as a kid, you learned that you just can't avoid the darkness. It comes every evening. It lives in places without light. You can't go through life sitting in timeout anytime it's dark. You learned you got to talk yourself through it, talk down the monumentous moment of what's hiding potentially in the dark. And you learn tricks and strategies for, you know, getting lights turned on with a broom <laughs> and keeping your heart rate down. And without you knowing it, you have captured fear. You've already done it before. You did it as a kid. 
You're much more capable and knowledgeable to do it now. So as an adult, when you have moments of fear, like when you're getting observed by your principal or assistant principal or coach, or you're leading PD in front of an entire staff, or an angry parent is speeding into the parking lot and then is very heated and running right in your direction, you know, whatever moment makes that panic start, makes those thoughts start to spiral and make you frozen, we're going to start there. But before I serve you up with some action steps, let me just remind us here why this is so important to talk about capturing fear and doing the work to go through it. If we don't get a hold of what holds us, we are never going to have the impact we were meant to have. We will say no to new opportunities because they're scary and we're going to lose out on life changing work. We're going to stay safe instead of taking risks, meaning our skill sets remain the same. They never grow, they never sharpen, and maybe they atrophy because they lack stimulation. And most importantly, there are little people in our school buildings depending on us to help them grow and develop. And if we take the easy way out, we let fear drive the bus, we are saying, kids, you're going to be fine. You're going to figure it out. You are now just going to have access to the B version of yourself instead of the A. Like, what? We're not going to let them fully come to fruition because we're scared to do what's necessary to help them grow. We have work to do on ourselves and we got to do that first so we can help them do the work they need to do. Y'all, if we want kids to take risks, set goals, become whomever they were meant to become, it starts with us. We got to ditch this dumb thing called fear that holds us back and holds us captive. And I'm talking to myself. We have big things to do in this life. We have big things to accomplish and ain't nobody and no thing going to stop that. We have the power to make it happen. We can control it. So let's talk. What's it going to look like? Here's your action steps. Step one, reflect. You got to figure out where we're starting. So where does fear show up for you? What is your reaction to it? You got to locate the worst offenders. I still have tiny fear that comes up, but it's not debilitating. And so I'm not going to focus on that right now. I've got to get control of when it really takes over because it's not helpful. Step two, strategize. Brainstorm the ways that you're going to combat it, but don't avoid it. Remember, I avoid it. I try to say, oh, I don't do well in that situation. So let's just never put ourselves in that situation. Well, then you never learn how to cope with it when it happens. So don't do that. It's helpful in the moment, but long term, it's not good. So be the little kid version of you standing in the dark. What would make the fear less scary, less monumental? Let's diminish its power and stature. So brainstorm some strategies of what you're going to do in the moment when to fear, when those thoughts are coming, what, what are you going to do? Step three, execute. It's go time. We're not going to have any frozen figures. So recognize that fear has entered your mind. I do that. I'm like, oh shoot, here it is. Here's, it's coming. I feel it. And I want you to employ your strategies. You only have a few seconds to act before it holds your body captive. So you've got to boom, you got to know what your strategies are and do whatever you need to do until you're calm and rational. Tell your brain like I do, shut the heck up <laughs> so you can actually think clearly. <laughs> Step four, rework. Once fear comes and you do your best to work through it, you might need to rework your plan. Maybe something went awry or strategies weren't as effective as you thought or you're blindsided by something you didn't realize would be a factor. So you're going to have to rework your plan 
and be prepared for the next time it comes. And last step here is repeat. This is going to be a lifelong battle, especially for me. Fear has always been there, but is really magnified since I became an adult in charge of people, little people, big people, all sorts of people, especially during big, big milestones like weddings and kids and building houses and family vacations and opening a business. Those are all really big moments that I let become bigger than they needed to be. So you've now been exposed to the harsh reality of fear. You've heard my personal and professional accounts of how I let fear diminish the impact I'm supposed to have in this life. But you've also heard me champion against it. I've worked through it. It might have been ugly and barely a win, but I did it. (laughs) I did it so the teachers I serve can be stronger in their leadership skills and perform better in their roles. And I also did it so the kids I serve can feel safe and truly become who they were meant to become. They deserve you to do the work. Do not let fear capture you you capture it. All right, elite educators, that's a wrap. Talking all about fear and getting through our breakthrough and reaching our potential, not just for us, but for those we serve. So go out and be great because you've just been empowered. (laughs) 